0: All the way.
1: Love me some Nat King Cole singing L O V E. Hey guys, this is Stacy with episode 37 of Exactly Enough Time. from its title, this is a podcast about productivity, and while I do love to rock a day and get stuff done, Exactly Enough Time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about choosing to be playful and living with intention, curiosity, and connection. It's about owning what you love and bringing more of whatever that is into your life. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. In this podcast, I tell stories, and I invite you to celebrate people, places, and things that make you and your life amazing. Hello, hello! Hello! just wanted to say thank you right off the top for listening to this podcast. I so appreciate your support and feedback. A couple episodes ago, I recorded in roundtable fashion, a discussion that my husband and I had with good friends, Randy and Diane Smith, all about marriage and being married a long time. So today's episode is part two. Got some positive feedback. We have our thoughts uh, on four additional listener-submitted questions. But real quick, before we go to the conversation, you guys, Nat King Cole, his actual name is Nathaniel Adams Coles, but he became professionally known as Nat King Cole. I like to think because he really was a king of jazz music. So did you know that he recorded more than 100 songs that became pop chart hits. Whoa. I mean, I don't know how many songs he recorded altogether, but 100 hits, that's pretty amazing. So L-O-V-E is one of my most favorite Nat King Cole songs and is appropriate for the introduction Um, to today's follow-up episode. If you haven't listened to episode 35, actually now that I say this out loud, it doesn't matter. You can listen to episode 37 first and then go back and listen to 35, or you can do it in numerical order. No matter how you listen to it, what you need to know is that we are four people, not experts, except for my friend, Diane, who actually does have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. For the most part, we are good friends sitting around laughing and reminiscing and, um, and just talking. So without further ado, here's the second half of love and marriage. Okay, this is so exciting. I am sitting in a beautiful VRBO with some of my favorite people on the planet. I have with me my husband Jeff. I'm going to introduce him in just a moment and we have our good friends Randy and Diane. So, my first idea is that we go around the little circle here and instead of introducing yourself, you're going to introduce your spouse. Mm, Perfect. Right? So, I'm going to start. This is my husband Jeff. It's actually Jeffrey or Joffrey with a G. (laughs)
0: Well, it's never Joffrey.
1: Well, I have to say, like, (laughs) if I say, hey Siri, call Jeffrey, she's like, I can't find anyone by that. (laughs) But if I say, hey Siri, call Joffrey, I get you. That's true. So it's my husband, Jeff, and I first laid eyes on him in one of those auditorium-style rooms at college I was at, at Brigham Young University we were all there that's how we know each other we'll get there. Anyway, I looked down at the end of it was a genetics class and honestly I felt lost after day two I had to study like crazy in that course but I looked down one day probably about two or three weeks into the semester and there was a just a cute boy and I had dated quite a, quite a bit recently yes. like I had been dating and I was a little tired of it and I thought I just want to meet a nice normal. And after class, this cute boy stands up in a navy pea coat, And I'm like, like him. (laughs) And then it was much later that that he actually, we'll let him introduce me in just a second. So I love that Jeff's personality. He is very steady. And he is very even. And I need that. He balances me very well. And I think that's awesome. Um, Jeff is a physician by day. He is trained as an ear, nose, and throat specialist. And uh, he loves to golf. With, he, with buddies. With buddies. I don't golf with you, that's true. With buddies every week. Well, I'm just making,
0: that makes, you know, golf itself is...
1: Oh, he loves to spend time with his very good friends. Yeah. Pretty much every Thursday they golf and then they go to lunch. And I love that he has that time with his friends. And he loves to work in our yard and make it beautiful. And probably one thing that I love most about Jeff that I find very attractive... Mm. <laughs> Is he's super smart. He's just intelligent. He does a lot of reading, and you can pretty much ask him anything, and he'll have something to say about it. And 99.9% of the time, it's right.
0: Don't you hate know it alls? No.
1: <laughs> Only if they're not right. What's his nickname? Is, like is, Jeffopedia? Jeffopedia would be a good, yes, okay.
0: Jeff annoyed. Uh-huh.
1: No, it's not Jeff Annoy. I love you. You're adorable. Thank you. And you have the answers most of the time. Thank you. It's only annoying when I want to be right and I'm not. (laughs) Yes. Okay, your turn, sweetie.
0: All right. Well, my memory of first meeting Stacy was in a hallway in front of a physics lab, and she was furiously trying to finish up the homework. So she's sitting down on the ground, her knees bunched up, and. She has a big, fluffy Washington, University of Washington sweatshirt. Correct. And, you know, you look up, you go, oh my gosh, that is one cute
2: girl. Sign me up for that.
0: You know, I'm just racing through my mind. How how do I say to her? And then I saw the W. My parents had just moved to Washington. So I walked up to her and then a a bit awkwardly, because she's not paying me a... Any attention, right? I'm she's, looking down. She's totally focused. Had she already seen you in the genetics
1: class? Before? I did yes. not. Yes, but yes. I did not know okay. that. The timing is I saw him first. Okay.
0: So this is the next semester and I stand there for a minute and again she doesn't look up. So finally. I did
1: notice his shoes in my personal space. And I myself, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I thought to myself, I don't have time for this. I've got to finish don't my have
2: homework. I After you've already s-
0: well, she's it not looking and up. Genetics class? Well, I, didn't, I hadn't looked well, you know, up. It was him. She, know it was she him. never looked up. And so she, I, I, uh, I go, ah, hey, is that W for Washington or Wisconsin? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin? Yeah, which is weird.
2: Wisconsin? I don't the know. The purple didn't give it away?
0: Yeah, I guess I. Okay. My parents just moved there. I well, had he was no from idea. We so didn't you, really know. Anything about UW at that point. But she looked up. I was smitten. The funny thing is, she was lab partners with another gal. Anyway, it took me about three weeks to get to be her lab partner. I finally had to do the, oh. excuse me, I need to, to have you two separate because I need to be with you over here. That's call cool. <laughs> I love Stacey. She has a passion for life and she uh, is just absolutely adorable. I love everything about her. And what is fun is she makes me want to be a better person. I think I am a better person. When I I'm think yeah, that's,
1: I Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, super nice. Okay, now this is part of this introduction. The purpose is so that listeners can get to know your voice. So next up is Randy. Randy's going to introduce his lovely wife.
2: Okay. Well, this is my lovely wife Diane. I was not in the hunt. I just come off a two and a half year. Uh, relationship, and I was not even interested whatsoever. My roommates grabbed me to this dance, they said, you gotta come. I was like, I'm not interested, not interested, and we went around left and right. And over in the distance, this is the most beautiful girl across in this yellow sweater. You've always said life is too short for beige. She yellow was actually my yellow. Favorite. Yeah, she yellow was actually yellow that, that I, night. I was in yellow. You were a yellow, and I was like, maybe I could change my tune, right? So, <laughs> sure enough, I go over there to go meet her, Another guy asked her to dance. I go to do again. Another guy asked her to dance. Three, four, five times. So finally, I just stood right next to her. I'm like, I'm going to... So I went ahead and um, asked her to dance. And that's how I met her. I didn't let her go since then. I think I've seen her and talked to her every single day since that day, January 15th, 1988. I love it. It It's the best move of my life. Anyway, so... She has uh, um, a very loving and forgiving heart. You may know that. Mm -hmm. She can love anybody and knows how to love anybody. And one of the cool things about her is when she doesn't love somebody, she figures out how to love them, which is amazing. Most people Mm -hmm. just say, I just don't like that guy. Not going to happen, you know.
1: Right.
2: So um, that's one of the great things about her. She is a recently licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, But more importantly than that, she's been a fabulous, brilliant mother of four, three Mm. boys and baby girls, you guys know, and did a great job raising them and training them to be exceptional human beings. So I'm super grateful for that. So there you have it. Diane Smith
3: yeah I, I swore to myself I'm, my maiden name is Clark and I swore that I would never marry anyone who had a more boring last name than my maiden name <laughs> and I went for, to Smith but well, I have to say I fell in love first oh. and Regardless it, it of my did boring not name. matter what your last name was I had to have you there you go So, um, thank you that was very sweet um, okay, well, just a little bit of extra color around the where we met
2: because life is too short for beige.
3: Because life is too short for beige, we and need I extra was color. I was wearing yellow. We need extra color with some burgundy-colored, very large burgundy-rimmed glasses right. back then. You know, because it was the '80s. '89. So I had yes, I had glasses that were burgundy-rimmed. Mm-hmm. But um, we were at Brigham Young University. We were both attending school, and we were at the. Uh, the step-down lounge of the Joseph Smith building. Which
2: doesn't exist anymore.
3: Which doesn't exist anymore, but it was the step-down lounge. Not the lizard lounge. Not the lizard lounge in the receipt. It was the (laughs) the step-down lounge on campus. And I have to say, one of the first things that I noticed about Randy, I forgot to say, this is my husband Randy, um, the first thing that I noticed was the light in his eyes he was a fun guy and I really didn't know just how fun um, but the way that he smiled that was um, that was a huge a huge thing for me because this guy was fun yeah and I really hadn't dated a lot of really fun guys my relationships were more serious but his eyes told me that he was fun and those five guys that he couldn't come in and ask me to dance with those were all of my boyfriend's roommates, who were, on were guard. <laughs> who were on guard at the time, because this both of both of us went to this dance and it we belonged neither one of us belonged to the group of people that were there, so we were. Her boyfriend
2: was out of state, so the so, roommates were on guard. Yeah, so they the let roommates. their guard down. <laughs> 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 I said, I haven't missed a day since that day. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm
3: and I'm glad they did. <laughs> So, um, one of the amazing things about Randy is that he has an ability to, when he decides he's going to do something, it immediately changes there. I don't know how he pumps up the value level into this life change, but he makes a 180 degree course correction, which blows my mind. Um, he's very committed when he decides to do something he's gonna do it for me it's like my 21-day habit challenge change mm-hmm. he changes on a dime mm. and that is um, quite an amazing quality um, another another very amazing thing about him is he happens to work for his brother-in-law and he's held the same job for the last 40 years um, which I think in this day and age is quite rare
2: I'd be 30 years I'm not that old
3: 30, well, didn't you start when you were 17? Okay, so, all right, so maybe deep, maybe deep 30s. Oh, 20, yeah,
2: anyway, whatever. <laughs> These people don't care about it.
3: So, anyway, not that long. Sorry, you're not that old. Yeah. Um, but the most amazing thing that he can do is that he is able to balance family and work um, with his boss, uh, which happens to be his brother-in-law, as I said. So, it's an amazing characteristic to be able to balance both of those. Um and something that I tremendously admire about him is his ability to storytell. Mm. I get lost in his stories. Now um, you've
2: put on the pressure. These people are going to go, all right, bring it. I,
1: awesome. He is a good You are a good
3: storyteller. You are a very good storyteller. I true. admire that about him tremendously. So this is my husband.
2: What if we're having too much fun? We want to keep going. <laughs> well, you then, can well, just press pause and we'll then just keep talking. this will be
3: like... This will be like part 2, part 3, part 17. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Diane. Okay. First question. All right. So, this is a question from Lisa. And this is a great question. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, if you were if you are going through a rough patch, how much were your children aware of? The reason I like this question is because I think that it's when we're having, when we speak of a rough patch, when we think of, and I and I think of situations where um, there were challenges in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, we had disagreements. We had things that um, we saw differently on. How much were our children aware of that? I think in order to be exact with that, I think I'd probably have to ask my children. Mm-hmm. But I can say that for me, um, I am someone who Processes internally, Mm -hmm. and I am very careful. I try to be very careful about what I say before it comes out. I think that it's important for children to know that parents don't always get along. Right. Uh, I think that's hugely important. But I think in terms of the um, the way that parents handle it is what's important. I think the actual working out of the problem happened behind closed doors. Um, but I think what my children were aware of was that um, we, did have, we did have a disagreement. I wanted them to be able to see that a healthy relationship does have disagreements. Absolutely. The actual nuts and bolts and nitty gritty of what was going on, mm-hmm. they were not privy to, as far as I know. Um, but I wanted them to see that we had, that we had disagreements, and so I would bring parts of that in for them to be able to see
1: perfect any other thoughts or insights to share about that particular question
0: well I would just say I I love that you know I I, I, the fact is you know there's agreement disagreements that come up all the time Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um, you know if you handle them you know you can be you can disagree but still be respectful uh, still speak to each other and kind Words, even though you you're mad or you're unhappy. I mean, I just think you know, be civilized, and in doing so, I think the kids look at that and say, yeah. I mean, there's rough patches. When you say rough patch, I don't know, you know, how rough? Like, uh, yeah, well, you know, our marriage is on the rocks, or rough as in, you know, you hurt my feelings because you know you said something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's different levels of rough patches, right? but I love what you said is protect the kids I mean I think that's vital I think you know the kids probably don't need to see everything unfiltered but they really need to see you um, not only disagreeing but you know seeing compromise and seeing you make up negotiation you know the, the best part is you know when you show your kids you make up and yeah. Hug and kiss and make up, right?
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say is it's obviously mm-hmm. healthy. I mean, there, right? No relationship is perfect. So there's rough patches in all relationships. I will add to that one thing, which is that I don't process internally. So when my husband says there's disagreements, I like to call them lively conversations,
3: <laughs> right? And
1: my words aren't always kind. It's not that I'm ever mean, but I extrovert. So I do a lot of thinking, right? So there was one day I remember and my cute trays, my middle child, very sensitive came out the next morning after a lively conversation and said, are you and dad gonna get a divorce? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh heavens, no. You know, I just wanted to explain to him. So I think, do they need to be privy to all the details? No. Do they need to know that you're struggling sometimes? Absolutely. Do they need to know that you're not gonna let anything happen, right? I, so I just reassured him and said, I am married to your dad. I love him and this is a long-term arrangement, right? And so I just, I don't know, I add that. I would add that.
2: I, I think the whole one of the things we can learn from this is modeling for our kids and how to deal with disagreements because mm-hmm. it's going to happen for their lives. And if we can create a good model to them on how to deal with these disagreements, yeah, we have these lively conversations that you're talking about. Right. The flip side is when you're not going through a rough patch, the modeling also is very good to show how much you love each other. And so they can see that tenderness, that love that you have. That's another kind of modeling that they need to see. both before and after the rough patch.
1: Exactly. Yep. So. All right.
0: All right, I've got a question from Gabrielle. Do you feel like your spouse still does things that you don't understand?
1: Of course he doesn't. He does everything all the time. He anticipates everything. Like daily. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop it. New question for Jeff.
0: (laughs) I really want to explore this. (laughs) Let's explore this.
1: I'm going to turn the microphone off. (laughs) All right.
0: Yeah, no, what I love about it is, yeah, we're totally Mm. two different people. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we, we think are. we we come, come uh, we think about things totally different, uh, but you know what life would be so boring
1: without me. <laughs> well,
0: without that yeah, without you, I totally uh, don't understand. Mm, and sometimes mm. it's just I'm just gonna go along because I don't have any idea. <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be fun.
1: I know.
0: You know, and, it, and it'll be okay, even if it's uh, you know not the the best, the most logical choice. It'll be okay.
1: My choices are almost never logical. Just for the record, (laughs) which is why I'm so attracted to him, right? Well, we have a beautiful
0: daughter. I had four beautiful boys, and uh, well, they're rotten boys. But let's say I had (laughs) not rotten. I had four boys. Beautiful boys. We had both talked about, you know, when you get married, how many kids do you want? I want four. Really, I want four, and we had four. You know, I was at at the top of the mountain. Four boys. And my wife came home, uh, or I came home, and my wife said to me as I hit the door, we need to adopt. Just out of the blue, we need to adopt. I said, what, what, where is this coming from? She mm. said, I, don't, I just had an experience. We need to adopt, and it needs to be a girl. From Korea. And she needs to be from Korea. It was all part of it. it was and I really can't tell you what experience. was going through was my mind that at that experience. point. Like, this is crazy talk. However, I guess to my own credit... I just knew, you know, she said, well really she said, this is a spirit, this was the spirit in my life. And I supported her from day one and it's been the best experience, really, in our mm-hmm. entire family.
1: Well, I just want to just start a tad so bit more of that story. now we have a daughter. Now we have a daughter, Addie.
0: Who is the light of our lives.
1: Yes, that's absolutely true. But I want to just tell you, so when he came home that morning, he was at the gym and I told him this, we're, I just think we should adopt a baby girl from Korea. And he just, he said over and over like 14 times, okay, okay. And I'm like, you're not listening to me. Speaking of heard, <laughs> you know, and he left for the day, it happened to be a day that he was going to be in the, op, in the OR operating. And so I couldn't get a hold of him. And when he came home that night, he walked in and I was just standing there waiting, you know, and he just said, how come... Not, you know, how come not Guatemala? Why would we not adopt a daughter from Guatemala or India? And I said, I don't know. It's just all part of the the feeling or the answer is it's a girl from Korea. And he said, you're right. <gasps> and so I knew that he had done some internal processing, right? And that for he whatever reason, he had heard me. He just needed to process it. And that he had decided that he was going to trust that intuition. Because I am the EN
3: F P in this relationship.
1: <laughs> N for intuition. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you for trusting me on that one. So any other thoughts on not anticipating what was the question she said? Do you ever feel like your spouse does things that you don't understand? Thoughts? Yeah.
3: I want to <laughs> piggyback off of that because what I mean take a look at that. I mean, how many times do we have experiences in our marriage or in other relationships where we don't understand? Mm-hmm. And and I think the key is to do exactly what Jeff did, which was to listen. Mm-hmm. and i think that we can gain a lot from listening because or, or important... i didn't
1: i didn't feel like i was being heard but what maybe not not what i, I just want to interrupt here i'm obviously I'm, I'm the interrupter so hold on to your wisdom okay but he didn't shut me down that's what he didn't do what did he say okay 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 he knew he needed to go process that right and so he didn't he didn't say to me are you crazy town no we agreed to four children that's absolutely not going to happen he didn't say that to me although he probably wanted
3: to does that make sense Mm -hmm. so he did just bide himself some time and then came back now Mm -hmm. can you remember what you're going to say well and doesn't that speak to the strength of the fact that you were able to feel free to say yes this is what's happening and for him not to shut you down i think that's such a powerful part of keeping such an emotional connection strong yeah is for him to take some time and process that. But I was going to say, you know, we we don't care how much people know until we know how much they care. Right. And what a what a message to you of how much he cared about what was going on for you when he took some time to process it. Mm-hmm. What a reverence to your experience that he wanted to know more. He wanted to listen internally. Nice job, babe. Two thumbs up for you.
1: That was awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, who's
1: got the next question? Do you have a thought, Randy?
2: Well, I was going to say briefly, there's a 70-30 rule. None of us is perfect. Right? right? And you think you're going to get some 100% perfect wife or 100% perfect husband. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you go to seek out that person or you have that issue, just understand get you're going to get 70%. And the 30% that doesn't jive with you, mm-hmm. live with it. Buck up. Figure out how to... That's her. Mm-hmm. That's him. That's who they are. Learn mm-hmm. to love them for that because it's not going to change. Yeah. Okay? You're not going to get 100% perfect.
3: Like maybe they don't close their drawers all the way.
2: Sometimes they don't close their drawers. Sometimes it drives the, 30, you
3: nuts. the 30% like, is negotiable, right? You negotiate
2: that 30%. Well, and
3: that's, I, I love that because I have
1: learned, really, because as you grow together and love each other, the 70% becomes so important to you and you value it so much that you're like, I don't really care about the 30%. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can just, there's a whole lot that you can choose to set aside and just decide it's not that important to video. me that he doesn't X, Y, Z, whatever, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because he does one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Look at the 70%. <laughs> I appreciate the 70 He 70%. does all this other stuff that is very enriching and important to me. So I like that. Okay, Randy, your question.
2: Okay, this question is from Bryn How have your communication methods evolved and grown over? Throughout your marriage, and do you feel you're in the quote prime of your communication now? Yes, Bryn, we are in the (laughs) prime.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Why are you in the prime? Why
2: am I in prime? There's a reason why I'm in the prime. Well. First of all, I was the clueless twenty-two year old when she first showed up in my life. So there you go. So hopefully, I've learned something over Don't the years. Don't you think years.
1: we were all clueless? We're all pretty clueless. Yes. Twenty-four, yes. no, because when I was twenty-two,
2: I knew everything. That's right. I That's was right. The master. That's true.
1: Invincible, but not in terms of marriage. <laughs>
2: that was the other thing. I was like, "Where's the training in this?" You know. But right. Hopefully, you had good parents to model for you. But anyway, yes, there is definitely evolution throughout the marriage, and they're totally different periods throughout the whole thing. And part of it has to do with life experience, part of it has to do with your marital experience, part of it has to do with your maturity. And I think the more mature you can enter into a communication relationship, it's always going to be better. And uh, selfishness obviously is like the key word that people harp on all the time, but it's just textbook. It's just, if you you take yourself out of it, it changes everything. Mm. But specifically the last two years, I would say that we've had... A major communication changes. And I don't want to be like a poster boy or something. Maybe I should be a poster boy. I'll be a poster boy. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally focused therapy. It's a specific training model that this Dr. Sue Johnson did that, that I brought in. And she said, this is amazing. Look at this, this type of therapy. And so she's focused her therapy on this. And so first of all, I just have to say that I always said, don't put me in the chair, right? You're married to a therapist. Don't yeah. put me in the chair. I don't meet that guy, right? Right. But, um, and she's been very good about that, by the way. But, one of the great training things that I've learned from it is from her book, Hold Me Tight, which is where it just focuses you on the well-being of your spouse. Okay? She knows that you've got her back. Mm-hmm. She feels attentive to you. got to be super attentive to each other. And all the crap that happens in life, mm-hmm. language, but stuff happens right in life and you get mixed up with different people mix up different problems everything that happens if you're the anchor for her and she's the anchor for you who cares what happens Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. can get thrown at you if you've got each other's back Mm -hmm. and that you know that you can be yourself you can be who you are and if you screw up you're there she's still got your back and she cares more about you than she cares about herself and when that happens, it doesn't really matter what else happens because you're going to be solid as a rock and you grow closer together when you have that emotional connection together. And emotional connection solves 90% of every other problem. I agree. So that was my just-a-guy answer. Mm-hmm.
1: So other thoughts? She,
2: she can, she's the expert. the expert in it because she lives this stuff every day and loves it. And I think she found it. She was just like, "Go oh, This is the Holy Grail. This is it. Hold right. me tight." Is is everything? So we've we've said that you know, get these wedding presents from all your kids' friends. Everybody's getting married. You know, we just we just finished wedding season. Yeah. You always said you know the book. The, the present we should give him is. Hold Me Tight book. Well, and right? I'll
1: make sure to link to this book in the show notes, clearly. It's called you could. Hold Me Tight. Hold Me
2: Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson. That okay. should be like a gift to every married couple. And nobody's going to read it, right? Because they know everything. They're 22.
1: <laughs> right. But maybe <laughs> well, they could. It's, it's up boring book these
2: 50 year old people gave us. <laughs> but there's going to be a rough patch in like three to four years. And I go, right. this guy's driving me nuts. Well, what is that book that a Smith guy gave me? Okay. Right. Hopefully they'll read that. But And then apply it. I mean, obviously, you have to apply. Right. And we did it on Audible together. We'd listen to it at night and go, and then she has some work th- working through. You got to talk it through. It's not something you just read. Yeah. Right. You got to listen. If you listen to it together, y'all have to do this, by the way. Yeah. You Sign listen me to it up. together, and then she <laughs> asks these questions, and you're like, "Pause. Let's talk this out." And you may, you may have a lively conversation, right. perhaps <laughs> right. Right? come through <laughs> right. in Stacy's words. <laughs> right. You yes. S- you may start to extrovert. Yes, I'm sure. I- I just I'm sure this I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: So other thoughts on. Evolving communication. I'm I'm curious, and not I want to hear from Diane, but Jeff, I'm curious about my husband. I want to know what he says about <laughs> evolving. <laughs> she wants to know about her evolution.
0: <laughs> well, I just I think if you hang in there, you know, there's there's definitely times, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I I don't like you.
2: I love you, but I don't like you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And is that weird to say? Yeah. It's weird to say. You think that's weird to say? I've had that exact same feeling. Yeah. Yeah. If we were dating, I wouldn't take her out again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah
2: and and if I just I know if
0: you hang in there it gets better I totally believe that even if it's been a couple years hang in there because it will get better now how it gets better is you got to do the work
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I love what you know you just said is we have each other's back you know you when you build up that intimacy where you connect on a regular basis emotionally physically spiritually then when you get into a rough patch, you've built up a Some, bank, yep. a little bit of, of currency to mm-hmm. say, you know, then I can say, she's just having a rough day and I'm going to
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, be weather okay this. with that. I'm yes. going to weather it because it's going to get better. And I know she does that regularly with me. You know, she says, okay. You know? he, need,
1: he needs to go to his cave. He needs to retreat. <laughs> He's had a tough week. Although, honestly, I don't. I mean, I don't let him stay there very long though. And I think that for us, that's a good thing because yeah. I'll draw him back out and say, "All right, you know, I've been observing this for three days, and let's just let's just decide. You know, talk to me. I just that's what I s is that what I say? Sure. I'm like, talk to me. I want to know. And it's, and it's exactly what that... needs to
0: happen because the closer we are, the more intimate we are. Uh, and connected spirit to spirit Mm -hmm. the happier we are
1: right I am
0: by far more happy now in this marriage than I was when I was first married Mm -hmm. and I thought I was in love
1: yeah and I was you were in 22 year old 23 year old love but
0: 30 years (laughs) later and a lot of experiences and some kids and some ups and some downs we feel more connected than ever than ever
1: Oh, I just finished his sentence. That's what Uh-oh. old people do. That's what old people do. You're
2: not even old yet.
1: Huh? You're not even
2: old yet. Oh, Randy, thank you.
1: <laughs> do you have any final thoughts on that?
3: I, well, I just... I don't mean I, final I, thoughts.
1: Do you have something to add to that? You, no, well, no,
3: I, I echo everything that has been, been said. But I, I love the fact that when we talk about um, that love is an emotional bond. It is your ability to feel safe and connected to this person. And like you were saying, that you were able to, you're able to go to Jeff and say, hey, let's talk about this and pull him out. And that's a message that says, you are the most important thing here. And I want, you are important enough to me that I want to come and get you. And I want, I want you to tell me what's going on and you can trust me with that and one of the keys is to have that sense that that the vulnerability of just being us as ugly and cross and all of the places we feel shame about ourselves to know that our partner and our spouse wants loves us beyond all of that in spite of all of in spite of all that when you know that you can show up in the rawest sense of who you are, and your spouse will love you just because, that is an unbreakable bond. And you can, you, there isn't anything you can't accomplish.
1: Question number four, this is from Tiffany. How have you transitioned to parenting young adult children? She says, I am the mom of four, 20, 18, 10, and 6. And my husband is more stressed about the 20 and 18-year-old now than ever. And she says, they're good kids, but he's having a hard time with their independence. Um, Well, so my initial thought is it's definitely a transition. And um, and older children can make decisions with um, consequences that are... Potentially more grave. <laughs> mm. So I think it's natural, right, to want to be concerned. But um, I, I always wanted my children, I think we feel the same way, to make some crazy mistakes while they're at home with us. You know what I mean? And when I say crazy mistakes...
0: Just make I, their mistakes just when make their the mistakes. consequences are... So I so tried, we, yeah. I
1: gave them a lot of freedom as much as I could, especially in areas where the mistakes wouldn't have crazy serious results, yeah. right? Right. Um, and I know there were times when we had teenage boys that um, I would say to them, I totally trust you, sweetheart. And then in my head, I'm like, I have, I have zero trust for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to communicate, you know, while I had some influence with them that I trust you and I need you and want you to make these decisions because um, I don't know if that's transitioning to parenting, but certainly I think honestly, little children give your little children as much freedom as you can to make decisions on what they want to wear and what you know how they want to pack their lunch or whatever it is. Because sometimes moms we miss we misunderstand or we think we're being super caring when we do everything for them. Does that make sense? Mm. When in fact I think the more freedom you give them as little people, then the more practice they have making decisions as they go. They transition into adult people. So I think just and, being friends with them too and
0: well for sure
1: actually now that I said that I want to retract that because my favorite thing to say to a couple of my teenage boys was I want to be your friend and your parent yeah but if you make me choose I'm going to choose parent you know yeah. what I mean yeah but having a respectful relationship I guess is what I was saying treating them as adults as they become adults
0: and you let them feel the consequences too yeah I mean I don't know if it's particularly helpful to always come mop up and mm-hmm. you know learn that uh, you know Choices have consequences. Mm-hmm. And I think it's harder because we do lose control. You know, our kids leave the home, and we're not with them. Well, and, and frankly, you want to
1: lose control. Well, you do I mean, because you, you want, want them independent to leave. kids.
0: I
2: mean, our goal is you're, for our kids to fly. You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. You're now yeah.
2: an advisor. You're no longer a director. Right. At mm-hmm. this point, your job is done, and you're there to advise and help. But if you're so tied up, you know, wanting to control this kid, this twenty-year-old kid's life, mm-hmm. you need to look in the mirror and say what's what, what, why am I trying to control this
3: right it's not your job right you're
2: done move on <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well I, and go ahead Diane. Oh, I was just gonna say I think some language that can be helpful here in this is you know I understand that you know it's challenging to see you know a child be making things choices that you don't feel that are, is going to serve them mm-hmm. it's not in their best interest in the long run the, mm-hmm. those, the, those are really hard places to be as a parent um, but I think that as young adults, I think they need they need a parent's influence in a different way just as much as they did when they were children, physically and as teenagers, emotionally. They need to know that we are we are there. We are attentive. We're responsive to when they need us. That's their job. It's, they're going to want to come to us and when they do, we want to be there. Right. And I think some language that can be helpful is to say, um, these are some things that I would really like you to consider, you know, I, this is important mm-hmm. to me, I want to share, you know, these are some thoughts, or this is, and another thing I think young adults really love, we have a few currently, is past experience, in, this is how life was, you know, and this mm-hmm. was my experience in something like this, so mm-hmm. past experience, I think, is really helpful for this day and age, because they're they're pioneers in their own life. They're right. paving the way. Well, and, and they're also experiencing they need...
1: a world that's very different. So I think it's important to not say, "I know exactly how you feel," because you right. don't.
3: Right. But, but this was my experience, yes. and I like that. Please, um, and these are some things I'd like you to consider. I so like it feels that. like you can be there. And that's what Randy was saying. That's an yeah. advisor role exactly. versus a director.
1: Right? A director role. Exactly. Okay. Okay, this has been so much fun, and I seriously knew I loved you before we started this little exercise together, but now I love and respect you that much more, not only for what you've accomplished, but what you've been willing to share today. So thank you, all of you. So real quick, we're going to go around the circle. Final thoughts, maybe one just quick final advice, insight, marriage, staying married a long time, imperfect, thriving marriages, go, Jeff.
0: It always gets better. <gasps> nice.
1: Nice. I love that. When you're married to Jeff, it always gets better. Okay, <laughs> Randy.
2: Randy says, a happy wife is a happy life.
3: Yes, <laughs> Jeff says that too. <laughs> okay, Diane. So I mm-hmm. say that marriage is, a marriage is the fabric of our society. Mm-hmm. And you, it is always worth it to invest the time to repair whatever is going on to the best of your ability.
1: I love that. So I was gonna say it's always worth it. So I'm going to say, you know, just never give up. And I know Jeff. One of the this is, doesn't feel like a wrap up, but I'm going to be really fast. But he's already um, John Gottman. You know, is a marriage mm-hmm. expert, and he talks about people who feel like they're coming to an end and they're contemplating divorce. And if they'll hang in there five years, they look back and think, so glad we didn't let that crumble, right? So I'm going to say, never give up. All right. right. Now, one more thing, and, and we're going to skip for the sake of time. I usually do this people, places thing that you know about because we did it last time. But I, what we didn't get to hear from on in part one was an exactly enough time from Diane. So, Diane, can I ask you to do this? You're going to fill in the blank. I have
3: exactly enough time for. Ready to go. Exactly enough time to ask for forgiveness. <gasps> yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, that's powerful. Thank you so much, my beautiful friends. Beautiful people, beautiful friends. They really are pretty awesome. And I think you are awesome as well. Especially, I would like to thank Lisa and Bryn and Gabrielle and Tiffany for submitting questions. Uh, there were a handful of questions that we just didn't have time to answer. We did actually record um, answers to two more questions from Lucretia and Adam. And if I can figure out how to do it, I'm going to put um, those little audio files in the show notes. So if you want more, there will be more. And I will also, of course, link to that awesome book called Hold Me Tight. Okay, you guys, go have a fantastic week. Do something kind and selfless and loving for your spouse, the person that you love most. Go take care of them and let them know how much you L-O-V-E them. And then come back next week for another episode of Exactly Enough Time. One that you adore and love is all that I